Well, welcome to December and Merry Christmas to all of you as we get into this Christmas season. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still a little kid at heart and I absolutely love this time of year. I love the lights, not putting them up, but actually seeing them that somebody else put up. That's great. I love, you know, tamales, the food, all that stuff. It makes Christmas so much fun, I think, and the movies, the presents, the decorations, I think it all makes this time of year so exciting, and I hope that you enjoy it as well. And uh, we're going to talk about wonder. That's the name of this series, and I think in a general sense, we can all kind of relate to that sense of wonder when it comes to this time of year and celebrating Christmas, whether that's uh, the joy on a child's face, you know, as they're up on Christmas morning and ready to open presents or seeing the the twinkling lights, uh, you know, just bring dazzle to a child's eyes. Uh, or, you know, maybe you've grown out of that uh, that place where you're excited about presents as a kid, but you've experienced the joy of what a delight it is to give to someone else. And we've experienced that wonder as well. This is a general sense of wonder. But I think for a lot of us, Christmas can kind of bring those warm fuzzies of days that have gone by in the past, you know, and you can think back to memories of when you went to grandma's house, you know, or, or whatever it may be, those those warm memories that come together with Christmas. And uh, I may be in trouble for this, but I even dug through some of your old photos just to bring up some of those warm memories, and I found some Christmas cards that I think that you'll like uh, from days gone by. I think I've got a couple more here that we'd like to share with you. Yeah, there's the Gibsons. And I found one of the the Silver Wonder before he was the Silver Wonder there, Mr. Al Hasler, back when the hair was dark, believe it or not. Uh, But we have those those memories uh, of Christmas past, and they can be really good memories as we think back to those moments with family. We think back to those special times that we had, and those can be great memories. And I do want to say as well, I understand for some of you, there may be some painful memories in there as well. When you realize that you don't live in a snow globe, you're right. You're not going to wake up on Christmas morning, go downstairs, snow is falling. There's a brand new Lexus in the driveway with a big bow on it and everything is glorious, right? For some of you, that child that was precious when they were three years old isn't so precious anymore, right? For some of you, when you think of Christmas, it's shattered dreams of what once was but isn't anymore. And so I understand that this season can be a mix of emotions. As we look at this general sense of wonder, there can be a lot there. And my prayer for you as we go into this Christmas season is that whatever season you find yourself in during life right now is that we would be able to step back and really find the true wonder of Christmas. Because there is this general sense of wonder that we can all kind of relate to, maybe even that's marketed to us. But then there's the bigger sense of wonder, the wonder that Christ has come to give to each one of us. So this is what I've been praying for you guys this week. And rather than just me praying it, I wanted to uh, have it up on the screens. And so I want you guys to be praying this with me as well. Uh, And it's this. May we celebrate the birth of Christ as if we were there to witness it in person. May we celebrate with a sense of awe and wonder as if it is the first time that we have heard it.
May we experience Christmas with a childlike wonder. That's my prayer for us as we go into this Christmas season is that we would be able to hear it as if we're hearing it for the first time and that we would be able to see the true wonder beyond the stories that we're familiar with, beyond all the cultural things that go around uh, with Christmas that are great, but sometimes they can take our eyes off of the true meaning of what Christmas is about. This is my prayer for us, is that we would truly be able to unplug a little bit each week as we come here to stop and pause and worship and pray and be encouraged by the word, that we would be able to remind ourselves in the midst of shopping and company Christmas parties and get-togethers and food that has to be baked and presents that have to be wrapped, in the midst of all of that, we would be able to take a step back and remember the beautiful message that is behind all of this. I pray that we will find the true wonder of Christmas. So how do we experience wonder, this real wonder? I think there's been times in all of our lives when we've experienced a deep sense of wonder, whether that's a relationship or maybe even a gift that you got that was just totally unbelievable. Maybe it was that great football game, you know, that it was just, if you could say that was the best game I've ever seen, that was it. You know, there was just such a sense of excitement and wonder. Or maybe it's that once-in-a-lifetime trip you went on or that hike that you took. And from the mountaintop, you think, I always want to remember this view right here. Because there's just such a sense of wonder here. Well, there's a basic equation that we want to look at as we look at wonder as we begin this series for a truly deeper sense of wonder. And that's this. The unexpected plus the undeserved equals wonder. The unexpected plus the undeserved creates a true sense of wonder. Now, you take either of those things, and they can still be great, but they don't necessarily produce wonder, right? Something unexpected happens in your life. That could be good. That could be bad. But the emotion that it might produce in us could just be surprise, right? I wasn't expecting that. If we just take the undeserved, something happens in our life, and we realize, I didn't deserve that, but I got it, that can create a sense of gratefulness in us. Surprise and gratefulness are both good things. But when we put these two things together, I didn't expect it and I didn't deserve it. It can create a true sense of wonder in our lives. Now, if we're honest, we can, we can easily come to the place in our lives where Christmas really doesn't have much of a sense of wonder to us anymore. Maybe it did when we were a little kid, right? And you were excited and the stories and everything that went along with Christmas. But now you've just got the stress of life that goes along with Christmas. And it might not really produce that much of a sense of wonder anymore. Uh, So as we go through these next few weeks, I hope that we can come to a place where we realize when we talk about what Christmas is, this isn't something that we were expecting the way it came to us. And it's certainly not something that we deserve. And that as we look at the story of Jesus, we will discover wonder. But even when we talk about the story of Jesus, right, there's really no surprises. You all, you guys already know what's going to happen, right? I mean, I'm not going to give you a spoiler here if I tell you there's a baby born in a manger. And you're like, oh, you told us the ending at the beginning of the series, right? You already know what's going to happen. 
But I hope that even though you know the ending, you already know the story, you've heard about the wise men, you've heard about the shepherds, you've heard about Mary and Joseph, you're familiar with the stories, you've heard pastors preach about this, we preach about this every December, right? I mean, you guys know what's coming, but I hope that even in the knowing of what's coming, that you'll be able to discover the wonder as we realize, I didn't deserve this, and I didn't expect what God truly wanted to give to us. So I hope that we can discover the what, the who, and the why of why we are celebrating. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means Jesus. Emmanuel, when we're talking about what we didn't deserve and what we didn't expect, to me, this one name sums it up. Emmanuel. It's a nickname for Jesus, uh, a descriptor name that describes his purpose, that he is, it means God with us. Uh, And if if you get thrown off, as I was studying this, I thought, hey, how come sometimes I see it spelled with an E and sometimes I see it spelled with an I? That is the Greek spelling and the Hebrew spelling for the same name. All right, so Emmanuel, whether you spell it with an E or whether you spell it with an I, means God with us. And what I don't deserve is that God himself would come and stand next to me. That God himself, his spirit, would reside right here in the room with a bunch of people like us. Right? Emmanuel, God with us. We didn't expect it and we didn't. Deserve it. And I pray that that creates a sense of wonder within us. And as we look at Jesus, there's many aspects of this Christmas story that I hope inspire wonder in us. But Emmanuel is certainly one of the greatest for me because Jesus himself is not what the people were expecting. That's not what they expected God to do and not how they expected God to do it. This isn't how they expected God to show up. You see, these people, the Israelites, they'd been expecting a Messiah because they believed God's word and God had promised through prophecies that are all throughout the Old Testament that a Messiah would come. And they knew that a Messiah was the Savior, one that would come to set things right. And so these people that are holding on for hundreds of years, for generation after generation, even when it seems like God is silent, they're holding on and they're believing that one day God is going to send a Messiah, a Savior that will come for us. But this isn't the way they wanted it to happen. This isn't the way they expected it to happen, right? Neither would we. I mean, if we're expecting somebody to come and set everything right politically, everything right socially, all the injustices right, are you and I really going to be expecting a baby to show up? A baby to a poor couple that nobody knows? You see, these people, they were expecting a hero to rise up. Somebody who would be mighty politically and socially, a powerful person, a man that they could look at. at, This is Chuck Norris, right? That's what they were expecting. They were expecting Chuck Norris to kick in the door and to be the Messiah that no one would come against. The last thing that they expected was a no-name baby, even though he had a name, Emmanuel, Jesus. But they didn't know that at the time. They weren't expecting a baby to a poor couple 
that nobody knew. And this is the way that God sent a hero. This is the way that God is going to fulfill His promise of sending a Messiah. At Christmas, we are reminded that God will fulfill His promises in our lives. But what we also have to remember at Christmas is that even though we can trust in God's promises, we can look at Christmas and also be reminded God is going to fulfill His promises His way and on His calendar. Right? That's not usually the way we want God to show up. We're praying for something. We want something to happen. And we want it to happen our way. And we want it to happen in our calendar. Right? The way when we want it to happen, where we want it to happen, how we want it to happen. And that's where these people were at too. And so this was a very unlikely hero. Something very unexpected as we talk about wonder. And how is God going to announce The arrival of this Messiah that we talk about at Christmas. I mean, there's so many ways that you could make a major announcement, right? I mean, in today's culture, we would get it out on social media. We would get it out on the news. We would let it spread grassroots. And even in those days, we could have sent prophets to to every nation in the world declaring that the Messiah is here. But again, God does something very unexpected in the way that He announces that the Messiah has come. How does God announce that the Messiah is here? He picks a couple of entry-level employees that work in the back of a night stockroom that nobody really knows, right? I mean, these guys were shepherds. A shepherd was a bottom-level job. A shepherd basically was a human fence. You went out there with the livestock and just made sure, because they didn't have fences like we have all across Texas here, Out in the pastures, they were just open. And the shepherd would babysit the livestock and protect it from predators when they needed to, lead them where they needed to go when they needed to. But ultimately, they were just a human fence that would watch the the livestock. And these guys, even worse, these were the night shepherds, right? They really got the short stick. So these are the guys who were at night out there watching the sheep. And these are the men. That God chooses to announce that the Messiah of the world has come. So if you ever feel like you're at the low end of the totem pole and how could God ever use your life? How could he use your life to make a difference? Look at these shepherds. They were the very ones that God says, I am going to make the announcement that people have been waiting on for years to you guys. So he's going to announce it to the shepherds. If you're looking for people who had influence, who had connections within society, these guys probably would have been your worst choice. They were disconnected from society in many ways. They didn't have influence. They didn't have a big say. And yet here God is making the announcement to them, unexpected and undeserved. And it's going to create wonder. Let's look at it. Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 12 says this, that night, The shepherds were staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Wouldn't you be too? I mean, if you're anywhere and an angel shows up, it's going to be scary, right? I mean, here's these guys. They're just out in the pasture watching the sheep, and all of a sudden, there's an angel in front of them. They're terrified. Verse 10, but the angel reassured them, 
do not be afraid. Every time we see angels show up, they always tell people that because they were terrified just like we would be. They tells them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. All right, look at the people sitting around you. Those are the all people, right? Everybody, the unqualified and the qualified, people who are shepherds and people who are kings. God's saying, I'm bringing you a message that is going to be good news for everybody. And I'm going to give this message to you, the shepherds. Continues in verse 11. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today. The Savior, the Messiah, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So the message to these low-end employees, these shepherds, is this. What people have been praying for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, has just happened. And it's just down the way. You're going to find a manger over there. You're going to find a baby wrapped over there, up over there. So he gives the message of all time to these guys and says, the Messiah is here. This is the one they had been waiting for. Their parents had waited for. Their grandparents had waited for. Everybody they knew was waiting for the Messiah. And God has just given them the news that the Messiah is there. This will bring great joy to all people. This was huge news that would have absolutely changed everything. This isn't religion 2.0 where, okay, you can try to be good enough and try to work your way to God. This was a message that the solution, the answer of what's totally unexpected and undeserved has arrived. And I'm giving the news to you that Emmanuel, God, is now with you. God himself is with you. And that's the message of Christmas. An angel shows up and gives this message to the shepherds. In verse 13, it says this, Suddenly, the angel, joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Now, it would terrify me if I'm somewhere and all of a sudden an angel shows up and talks to me. It would also terrify me if I walked in this service late. I know that would never happen to you. But if I walk in the service late and all of you turn around and look at me and say something in unison. Good morning, Adam. We're happy to see you. Turn around and head right out the door, right? I mean, if that ever happens, just go ahead and leave because that's, that's freaky, right? A bunch of people talking in unison. Here's what happens. An angel shows up talks to these shepherds, that's terrifying enough. But as the angel gives them this message, then all of a sudden, there's 10 angels, there's 100 angels, there's 1,000 angels, there's 100,000 angels. I don't know how many the armies of heaven is, but can you imagine thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels talking to you with the same message in unison? Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. The Messiah is born. How awestruck 
would you be? How deep would the sense of wonder within you be realizing this is unexpected and this is undeserved? The God of the universe is with us, is speaking to us. We don't deserve it. We're shepherds. But God is speaking to us, telling us the greatest message that mankind has ever known. It certainly would have produced wonder. In verse 16, Then they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. Wonder. The unexpected and the undeserved. These shepherds didn't deserve it. The people of Israel didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. And they certainly weren't expecting God to show up as a baby, as Emmanuel, God with us. But that was the plan of God. To reach through all of time and history to reach these people in a way that only God could do. And to reach through all of time and history and to speak to you. To know the numbers of hairs on your head. To know the thoughts and desires of your heart. To say, I am still Emmanuel, God, with you. Everything that you're going through and everything that you're facing, God knows exactly what it is. And we don't deserve it and we don't expect it. Don't let it be lost in the Christmas story that we're all familiar with. We have to realize that God himself, Emmanuel, God, with you. In all of your struggles, in all of your failures, he's still Emmanuel, God with you. My prayer is that we would have the same response that the shepherds did. That we would worship and that we would share what we have experienced with others. They did this. They worshiped God and they shared the good news with everyone who would listen. And God began to create wonder in everyone that they shared with God knew the exact time and the exact way to do this. You see, people have been waiting for generations for the Messiah. And God finally said, it's time now for me to share my message. Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says this. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that we could be adopted as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call call out, Abba, Father. No longer are you a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Talk about what we don't expect and we don't deserve. That God would choose to call us his very own, to pay the price so that you and I could be adopted in his perfect timing and his perfect way despite all the mistakes we've done in every everywhere that we've been everything that we've done and everybody that we've been with God sees you and he sees your heart and he says I will reach through time and space to be Emmanuel God with us God's plan since the very beginning of time was put into motion at Christmas when he sends a newborn baby to a poor couple that nobody knew so that you and I might have a Messiah 
so that you and I, despite our failures, could be adopted as God's very own, that we might know him. He made a way so that we could come to him. And maybe you're here today and you say, I I need to get my life back to God. I need to surrender who I am to God. We're going to sing one more song, and I encourage you, wherever you're at, would you just ask God to create a sense of wonder in you during the season of Christmas? And if that needs to begin with you saying, God, I surrender all that I am to you, as those shepherds did, as they saw the glory of God and surrendered who they were to him, may we do the same today. Today is the first day of Advent, and if you're like me, you might have grown up in a faith tradition that didn't really talk about that or um, acknowledge it in any way. But Rock Hills has a tradition of um, providing some opportunities to acknowledge it uh, and participate in it. And a couple of those are we're going to have a set-aside time of prayer during service. Uh, We also have some devotions that are going to be on the website, the Facebook page, or you can sign up for emails, and they'll be from today till the 25th. If you're like me, I didn't know anything about Advent, but basically it's a season of the ancient church calendar year, and that church calendar year follows the the, uh, life of Jesus. And, of course, Advent is um, leading up to his birth and looking forward to the birth of the Messiah, the coming Messiah, and the Savior, as Pastor Adam talked about, that will set the world straight. So join me as we pray. Father, just as you sent John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus... Help us to clear the path in our hearts as this Advent season begins. Give us hearts that look for you and your coming on a daily basis. Help us live our lives where we constantly seek your face and your presence. Father, give us the courage as individuals and as a faith community to open our hearts, minds, souls and our schedules to watch and wait for you let our hope be found in you thank you lord for giving us a model for prayer and would you join me our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' holy name, amen.